A roar is to establish territory. When you roar, demons tremble. Blind of the tribe of Judah, let them speak forth out of your mouth. You want to know how to get out of that slump or that difficulty? Endless praise that the power of God in them is enough power to destroy every demonic assignment that's coming across their path. When you praise and you release that roar out of your own mouth, you are allowing the lion of the tribe of Judah to have the victory that he's already purchased for you to have. You're seeing it come to pass because your roar is his roar. Your praise is his praise. Your victory is his victory. Amen. What's the pain that just left? Back pain? What happened? Higher spine. The hip, the left knee feels better. My ankles, I can feel my feet. My feet are always numb. I can feel them. I can feel my toes. <laughs> How long did you have all of this? It's been years, just keeps adding on. But look at the Lord just touched you and healed your whole body. She says she's not in pain. Let me give you a hug. God bless you. In Psalm 24, starting in verse 8, it says, Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Who is he? This King of glory, the Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Hallelujah. He is the Alpha and he is the Omega. He is the one who was and is and is to come. Amen. He is the first and he is the last. The beginning and the end. He is the author and the perfecter of your faith. Say it over yourself. He is the author and the perfecter of my faith. He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. Now this is Col Colossians 1.15. Starting in 15. He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. And by him. By Jesus. All things were created. Things in heaven, things on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things, say all things, were created by him and for him. All things. He is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. Everything is being held together by the hand of God. John 1.29, Jesus is the Lamb of God in the Gospel of John, to show his gentleness and his willingness to be the sacrificial lamb sacrificed for our sins. But he's also called the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Amen. He is the, li the Lion of the tribe of Judah in, in the book of Revelation to display his absolute authority and power over all creation. It's good to know the names of God and to dwell and meditate on what they mean. So he took away our sins and he's our fierce defender. He is your fierce defender in the most wicked of all times. He is your fierce defender. And Judah, which you know means praise, right? Judah means praise. So our praise releases the lion of the tribe of Judah. The lions roar over evil and he has won our victory. Our praise releases the lion of the tribe of Judah. It releases that roar over your circumstance. When you praise and you release that roar out of your own mouth, you are allowing the lion of the tribe of Judah to have the victory that he's already purchased for you to have. You're seeing it come to pass because your roar is his roar. Your praise is his praise. Your victory is his victory. Amen? So praise awaits you. You come to a place like this, you are to get up and worship and praise and let that sound go forth out of your mouth because you think that it's going to get easier. It's going to get easier in one sense, 
And this is what the sense is. For those that are really sold out to Jesus, I don't care how wicked, wicked looks out there, it's going to get better and better and better for me. Because the power of God in me is so much stronger than the power of the enemy out there. So yes, as wickedness abounds out there, the power of God in me, the glory of God in me, the hope of God in me, the favor of God in you, the love of God in you, the anointing of God in you grows stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. God did not leave you on this earth and allow the wicked one to just roam around and do all these things and not give you power to succeed but the line of the tribe of Judah wants to roar out of your mouth praise awaits you but it's your choice and you know what when you praise him when it's difficult when you praise him when it's hard to do so that's when your spiritual muscles really grow not when things are great when things are hard and you still praise him anyway and you let your flesh do what it's supposed to do which is praise the living God so your breakthrough is forged by your praise, a consuming fire, and a hammer that breaks the rock. Our praise is forged. In other words, it's forged in the furnace, sometimes of affliction. But that praise that breaks forth out of that is literally and has literally molded you. That's what fire does. Right? That it'll mold. Think of someone that's going to make like glass and crystal and it's molding them. But the heat that's applied is what's molding that item, that article that's being forged in the furnace. The heat that melts away what needs to melt away and forms and shapes you into who God created you to be in the very first place. Praise awaits you. Amen. Hallelujah. So let the lion of the tribe of Judah praise through you. Do you not know that's how it works? When you are giving your praise to the living God, it is literally like the lion of the tribe of Judah praising through you. It is literally like he is allowing his spirit to be expressed through you. When you think about it like this, allowing his spirit to be expressed through me, and if I keep my mouth shut and do not allow him to be expressed through me, do you think God's pleased? Mm -mm. But when we allow him to just worship through us, we're allowing the praise of God go forth. We're allowing the Lamb of God that took away our sins, meek, mild, but also fierce because he is also the lion of the tribe of praise, which is victory over difficulty. Go forth and fight that battle with a sound, glorious sound, powerful sound. Amen. So, but in order to understand the Lion of the tribe of Judah, we must first understand him as the Lamb of God who was slain. So that's why I want to take a few minutes and I want to set this up. His purpose in being the slain Lamb solidified his position in being the conquering Lion because surrender comes before power and God never asks us to do something he hasn't also already done so submission comes before power people want power before submission but it doesn't work like that first he was the lamb that was slain so in the Old Testament the blood offering had to be offered as a temporary covering for sin it was temporary it wasn't something that lasted forever and had to be applied 
year after year. Blood applied on the house protected them from judgment. But Jesus became our offering, our Passover lamb who took away our sins for all time. And we know this. He was the fulfillment of the Passover. We all know this, correct? Romans 8.3 says this. What the law could not do, Jesus did. And I love that. What the law could not do, the commandments, the Ten Commandments God gave to Moses, what they could not do, Jesus did. Jesus is our Passover because his blood, because of his blood, his, he saves his people from eternal death. That's what he saved us from. And our bodily death is our entry to eternal life. So when we died, we lived. And we live in him. When we died, we died to our sins. When we said yes to Christ, we died. But we really now live in him. Never forget, the old flesh has died. Don't let that flesh resurrect. Keep it dead. And walk in the spirit. And let God direct your steps. And that takes our minds set on this. So John 1.29, just before Jesus was baptized, John the Baptist spoke these words. Looking at Jesus, he said, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He recognized him. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, right? He recognized again in John 1.36, John the Baptist said again, behold, the Lamb of God. Are we beholding the Lamb of God? He said, behold, look and see the Lamb of God who is present with us at all times. So Jesus being the Lamb of God that has taken away our sins, that went to the cross for us, and that said, I am not only the one that has removed your sins, but I'm also your victory because of the praise, the Lion of the tribe of Judah. So the Lion of the tribe of Judah, in Revelation, the book of Revelation chapter 4, we see endless praise. And I love that when I was reading this. Endless praise that God receives from the angels and the 24 elders. Endless praise. Church, well, this is what we're to do. Endless pra praise belongs to him. Glory to God. In a group of fiery, radical, persistent, determined lovers of the Most High God that know the power of God that are going to continue to give him endless praise here on earth. Not just one day when we get to live eternity in eternity with him, but here on earth, endless praise. You want to know how to combat some of the assignments that come against you? Endless praise. The Lion of the tribe of Judah, let him speak forth out of your mouth. You want to know how to get out of that, that, that slump or that difficulty? Endless praise. Keep your mouth filled with his word. Endless praise. Revelation 12, 11 says that they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. So by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, we are overcomers. You have overcome and are able to overcome any assignment that's trying to come against you by the blood of the lamb and by the word of your testimony. And you all have a testimony. We all have our testimony. If you are disciples, your names are written in the lamb's book of life, okay? Our, our names are writ written in the Lamb's book of life. I want to read to you now from Revelation 21. 21. It says the 12 gates were 12 pearls. Each individual gate was of one pearl. 
I mean, think about this, how incredible. 12 gates, and they all were made up of a huge pearl, each. And the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. But I saw no temple in it. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. Wow. Brightness, right? The Lamb is its light. The Lamb is its light. The Lamb that was slain is the light of the world. The Lamb is its light. I'm reading from verse 23. Do you read it there? The Lamb is its light. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light. And the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. And the gates shall not be shut at all by day. There shall be no night there. So we've got 12 gates, each represent, each being made of a pearl each, right? They're all 12 gates of pearl. And the streets of pure gold, so, so beautiful, like transparent glass. That's an incredible picture of what God has spoken for each and every one of us. This is our inheritance, church. This is our home. This is our home. We live here. This is what God says, I want you to know. This is where, when we, obviously, in eternity. But it's what's promised to us. You should be excited about heaven. But I love that the Lamb of God is the light. And there is no darkness. And there is no night. But the Lamb of Jesus is enough in every dark situation if he lights up all of heaven don't tell me that in a situation you're facing jesus is not enough don't tell me he's not the light enough in your life right here right now we already know he is the light so there's no night there in heaven there's no darkness and our names are written in the lamb's book of life no matter how desperate difficult anything in your life might be if you can't think of anything else to praise God for, you start praising him that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Your names are written in that book. God has already placed your name there. You belong to him, and he, heaven is your home. Hallelujah. And turn to Revelation 5, because in Revelation 5, the lion and the lamb are both mentioned in this same passage. We see that Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah, and only he is worthy to take the scroll and open its seal. So turn to Revelation chapter 5, and we're going to start with verse 5. It says, but one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne of the four living creatures and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain. There we go, the lamb that was slain, okay, mentioned right there. A lamb as though it had been slain. Remember, he's, he's having this vision, right? Having its um, seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. Is Satan a copycat or what? Seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. Is Satan a copycat? Absolutely. And when you start thinking about the picture that God is describing here in this book of Revelation, you start seeing some kind of, some pretty interesting creatures, right? And then you start seeing the eye everywhere and we think of new age and how they have distorted and perverted 
the eye, the third eye. But let me tell you, the enemy is not the creator of anything except for he creates a mess. But look at how what God has brought and then what he perverts, right? These beautiful creatures at a lamb, a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Then he came and he took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense. That's our prayers. That's our worship, guys, which is the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain. You have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. We are kings and we are priests. And as I spoke already from verse 5, look at verse 5 again. The line of the tribe of Judah. Look at verse middle of 6. A lamb as though it had been slain. And in the same passage here in, in, Gen in uh, Revelation 5, from starting in verse 5 going to verse 10, we see that Jesus, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, is the only one worthy to take the scroll and open the seal. He's worthy. God is revealing more and more for those that are willing to press into God's revelation. Even tonight, which you have received, is more than maybe you've all processed, but I believe that you, I know this is a very prophetic church, so I'm pretty sure you're all getting it but the revelation of the power of God from the slain lamb to the lion of the tribe of Judah where praise awaits you and you speak forth the truth. The blood that was shed for us becomes our victory in praise. The world doesn't want to hear that. The world doesn't want to hear the talk of the blood of Jesus. It's quite offensive. It's also offensive how we praise as the Lion of the tribe of Judah praises through us. It's also quite offensive to them how radical you are in your praise. Why can't you sing three songs and just sit down? Why can't you just sing a few hymns and just be done with it? I love hymns, but I also like to be able to express ourselves right on the moment as God is pouring his spirit out. God's spirit is being poured out in this place. And because God's spirit is being poured out in this place, we see signs and wonders. We see healings. We see deliverance, right? The devil doesn't want to bother anybody. Well, he wants to bother people, but he only wants to bother people that are actually going in the direction of the Lord. He doesn't need to bother people that are actually already his. They're already his. He doesn't have to bother somebody that's already in bondage because he already has them in bondage, right? And so that's enough. They're captive. They're, right? They're in bondage. But praise is offensive the line of the tribe of Judah. It's offensive to many people, but are you gonna let that stop you? Absolutely not. This is a, this is a prophetic church. This is a church that believes in all the giftings in the fivefold ministry. This is a church that knows the glory of God is being poured out here, right now, right now at this place. God's glory, His presence, His Shekinah glory, is not being poured out everywhere. 
it's not only, this is not the only place that he's pouring out his glory, but it's not being poured out in every church. It's not being poured out in every Christian life. And if you, that's what you think. If you think, well, God is everywhere and his presence and his glory and his power is everywhere. Well, that's true in one sense of the word, like intellectually. And it's true understanding the truth of God's promise. But to see that actually happening, the manifestation of that, to see the, the people getting free, to see that that's not happening everywhere. God's glorious power is not being poured out everywhere. It's being poured out to people that are hungry. It's being poured out to people that are ready. They're thirsty. They're pressing in. They want more, right? So we recognize that because of the lamb that was slain, that we worship, that we give God all the power, all the glory, all the praise because of that understanding and because of the understanding that he is also the lion of the tribe of Judah, praise awaits us, right? He's our victory. See, people will just go, well, you know, Jesus is meek and mild. He's also mighty. He's also mighty and he's majestic. Don't just focus on Jesus meek and mild, forgiving of our sins, but also recognize he's a warrior. He's our soon coming king and he's a warrior and he wars on your behalf. So much so that Satan, the counterfeit, has also tried to counterfeit this aspect of God's character. Look at 1 Peter 5.8. Because Peter compares Satan to a, a, a roaring lion. The lion of the tribe of Judah. That's Jesus. But look at, look at Satan trying to also steal that title in first peter 5 8 be alert and of sober mind for your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion he has nothing of his own accord and he's looking for someone to devour but it's not going to be you because you guys are you have you have the wisdom of god and you're growing in your authority and in your knowledge and in the power of God's presence in your life, right? Satan is a counterfeiter. That's all he knows how to do. And he's looking for someone to devour. And so what do lions do? They roar, right? They roar. Why do they roar? To establish territory. They roar to establish territory. Sometimes you roar. Sometimes there's a roar that comes out of you. Sometimes I'll roar. It's a roar sometimes. And it's a roar that comes out like in power and I'm talking about that deep where it's like and you're like that's like a roar right in the spirit realm a roar is to establish territory we don't consciously say I am now going to roar <laughs> at least I don't but maybe you do I actually don't do that but from my spirit what starts to rise up what rises up out of your spirit when you see an injustice? What rises up out of your spirit when you see someone that is, that is basically afflicted by a demonic power? But a roar. It's the spirit of God that is literally roaring out of you. Now, it establishes authority. It establishes territory. But in reality, a roar doesn't really have power. It's what's believed about that roar that has the power. When you roar, demons tremble because all they see is a maniac that's calling out the name of Jesus and that somehow just won't stop. 
and that realizes that the power of God in them is enough power to destroy every demonic assignment that's coming across their path. And so therefore, when you roar, it establishes territory and the devil goes running because he's afraid of what he doesn't understand. You'd think that he would have gotten used to it by now and go, they do that every single week. As a matter of fact, they do it twice a week. I've got it. I've got it. No. Deception lies in the enemy's camp. It's true. Deceived people continue to be deceived until the light of Christ shines upon them, right? And so we come here and we're doing the same thing twice a week and the devil keeps on being fooled by it. And you might go, wow, how ridiculous is that? But it works the opposite direction too, doesn't it? How many times do you go, oh, I was, you know, I got deceived over that same issue. Oh, I took the bait again. I got discouraged about that same thing. How many times do you actually feel the same way? Right? A roar is threatening, yet it's powerless unless you give it power. When you give it power, it becomes powerful. This is good. This, this works in both directions for the power of God, and also it works in the power of the enemy. Fear. If you give it power, it has power. Authority that God has given you. If you understand that power and authority, you walk in it, and you walk in, in greater, you walk in greater power and in greater authority, right? Okay. We, we know that the power of God is within us. We know that we have the authority of God to let that roar be loud and let that roar be strong. We know that all of heaven, their praise is endless. Our praise needs to be endless. We recognize that Jesus is our soon coming King. He has forgiven us of our sins, but he also, he also causes us to rise up and become who he called us to become, which is the army of God, which is those that are walking as ambassadors for Jesus, which are those that just won't let the enemy's tactic get them down. But you know what? means that you have to allow him to give you a strong backbone. You have a strong backbone when you allow the Word of God and you allow the Spirit of God to do in you what He's intended for you to do the whole time, which is make you a fiery, lovesick lover of Jesus that is not afraid of what people's thoughts are, their concerns are, but instead you care enough about an individual that you're going to tell them truth whether they want to hear it or not. You're going to speak forth truth over yourself even when you don't want to hear it, and you're going to say, self, it's time to line up. Are we doing this? As we do this more, we encourage ourselves. We literally get stronger, right? Our muscles, our spiritual muscles. The joy of the Lord, which is our strength, makes us complete, right? We're, we're complete in Him. He gives us that joy. That's why we have this smile on our face, even in the midst of a hard time. Because you just look up to Him, and the light of His countenance just shines upon you. You, you recognize, and you close to your heart, it's like Jesus you are the lamb that was slain for me, for you. But you're also the lion of the tribe of Judah. And you're praising through me when I open my mouth. So as much as it comforts me that he is and has forgiven me, us, as much as that comforts us, and that's amazing, and that's the, such an important part of our Christian walk, but we don't remain there. We don't just stay there. In other words, we apply the praise, which is also part of our victory. 
and we must apply the praise, which is part of our victory. Because only in this, in understanding both sides of this, is where your victory is really going to come about. Because there's too many Christians that will say, oh, I'm forgiven. They, they have an understanding that they're forgiven, but they're still not walking in victory. God's power in you, he wants to praise through you, and you get to let him. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah.